Hi, I'm Chris Hutchings and I'm your host. Welcome to the 10Q Interview Podcast. In today's episode, I talked to Gary Gumbleton, who is a creative director, in quotation marks, of Capital Content. This is a great episode. Um, Gary's someone I wanted to have on the podcast ever since I saw him on Mark to Meet Up. We talk about it briefly um, during the podcast, so I, I think you're going to enjoy it. If this is your first time here, very, very warm welcome to you. I really hope you enjoy this podcast, as I mentioned. Um, let us both know on social media, at 10 Interview everywhere, um, what you thought, any feedback. And most importantly, don't forget to hit subscribe. Um, it does, obviously, the world of good for the algorithms and all that nonsense. Um, yeah, I think it's a good one. He, he hasn't let me down. He, you know, you never know what these guests are going to be like when you get them on, but he's... he's he was a great guest, and I'm sure you'll think so too. So now, on to the podcast. Gary Gumbleton, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I think I said in my message when I contacted you that I saw you on the marketing meetup. And, I mean, they have some great guests on there, first and foremost. But the way you came across in there was insane. And I knew, I mean, that was long before I even had a podcast. But I knew that when I had one, I wanted you on it. So... I took, when you sent that message out on LinkedIn asking for anybody who wants a podcast guest, I was like, jumping on this opportunity. I'm not going to wait. So thank you. Appreciate it. Um, how's things? Good, actually. Thanks for having me on, by the way. Well, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's great, man. I mean, the uh, the, the marketing meetup, uh, God bless Joe Glover. Uh, yep. He that, that was a, well, I've done a couple of those. When it was pre-COVID, I think I went up and down the country for him and did 15, 16 different in real life events. Oh, did you? Uh, I didn't know then, that. Yeah. And then when it was actually, then it went online because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, I did two. I did Content 101 and Content 102. Yeah. Um, both of those yeah, uh, have, were really successful. You know, they're really good. Half hour, great takeaways. And uh, it, yeah, it generated a lot of incoming leads for me. And not just leads, but also brand awareness as well. Personal brand, getting on, jumping on people's podcasts, et cetera. So yeah, that, those events are great. I don't doubt that in the slightest. It was, um, like I said, they have great guests on there, but you came across particularly well. Um, and I, I tell you, I linked to, I'm sure the videos are still online because I'd looked for them a little while ago, but I'll link them below so anyone can check them out. But yeah, looking forward to today. Cool, good. I'm glad. <laughs> we had a, we had a, the listeners won't know, but we no, had they a won't. Pitch, uh, but we got there, we're here, we're recording, uh, and I'm, I'm pumped to give you some, uh, a bit of insight into GG. Good. In that case, we will kick off with question number one. You meet a stranger, um, introduce a stranger, I don't know, bar, wedding, wherever. Yeah. What is it you, and they ask you what you do. What is it you're most likely to say to them? Uh, it's a good question, you know, and I, I did think about this. And there's kind of like two answers, right? One is uh, I run a digital agency. Well, there's actually yeah. a couple of answers. Yeah, I run a digital agency and they go, oh, what does that mean? So, well, basically the, the second answer is I make video content or social media management or whatever it might be uh, for small businesses, right? Yeah. Uh, but fundamentally, I'm a storyteller. I tell other people's stories to help achieve their market objectives. So depending on uh, who the person is asking, it'll either be, you know, uh, I also don't like, it's funny, I, I don't like saying I run or I own or I'm a founder. Ugh, I, hate, I hate that phrase. So really, I'm not the first person to say that on yeah, this man. podcast alone. It's, yeah, it's so kind I'm of weird. Yeah, really, I'm a I'm the creative director in the business. Although, yes, I do own it and run it, but actually, I'm the creative director. So, and my and my LinkedIn uh, job title says I'm a creative director too. So, really, I'm a creative director for a digital agency, and that digital agency does video, photo, social, audio, and design. Okay, very a bit simple. To unpack there, then. So, I guess yeah. my first question is around. Um, why do you feel like you don't tell people you own the company or it's your company? Uh, I mean, it's a different approach, right? I think from a sales perspective, it sounds better coming from a creative director. So if I'm trying to get someone's business or if I'm networking at a party or whatever it might be, if I was to say that I'm the owner, instantly they will feel like I'm trying to sell them something. Where if, it, as if, I, if I say I am uh, the creative director, there's less of a push 
Well, it feels right. like there's a push, you know? They, oh, he's not going to try and sell to me. Where secretly, I am trying to sell to him. Right? <laughs> I'm a creative director. Uh, but it, it's just, it feels, you know, there's, it feels like there's less impact. Or I have less control over the business. Or I don't actually have a job just because I run it. What if I say that I run the business? What does that even mean, right? Yeah. What does it I actually I do I'm everything right I'm HR I'm finance I'm tech uh, you know uh, I'm you know I'm marketing I'm sales I'm every, in reality when you say you're a founder you wear every hat under the sun but my my key pillar what I contribute to the business or as the, to the team as a whole is I'm the creative director do you think people if you said you were the founder or do you think there's a chance that there's a perception there that people think you're a one man band yes I think so I think it's funny you say this. Uh, when I first started the business, I used the we strategy, right? Where yeah. instead of saying, I do this, I do that, it was always, we do this, we do that, because I had the mentality in the future of, of being an agency. You know, I was a freelancer. Yeah. It was just me and a 10 year old laptop and a camera like five or six years ago. But I always had that mentality or I always had the strategy of being a you know, a bigger agency. So yep. I always started with, we did this and we did that. And not to say that there isn't a problem with being one man bands because that's where we all start. And sometimes that's where you want to be anyway. Right. Yeah, of course. Uh, but it really depends on what your objectives are, whether you want other people to do things. And what I've, what I have done now, you know, because you kind of, you tend to think about losing control over if you were a freelancer and when you press the buttons, your aesthetic comes out of there, whether it's design, photo, video, whatever it might be. So what yeah. I've done now is being the creative director, I don't have to press the buttons anymore, but the other guys, they actually uh, shoot, edit and create as if it was me pressing the buttons. That's interesting. Something you just said then made me think as well about, you said you want a 10 year old laptop like five or six years ago. And I, am I right in thinking a lot of your stuff is video? Is that kind of the it was the focus? Yeah, we when we started in 2017, when Capital Content started, we were exclusively video content. We, brilliant, right. it was me, right? One camera, two lenses, and lappy. Yeah. Uh, it was exclusively video content. And then when COVID hit, we lost all of our work. Uh, you know, because it was all face to face, no one would let me in their office or let us into their office or no one would make any video content. Everything went online. Right. And so we lost all of our work. And for two years, we just twiddled our thumbs. So then what happened was we upskilled ourselves and we added a whole bunch more disciplines during COVID whilst we didn't have any work uh, in terms of photography, graphic design, social media management, live streaming and podcasting. So we added all of those disciplines on top of what video content was. Okay. And now coming out of covid you know restrictions lifted in january which seems crazy that it was only january they got lifted. Uh, we, a time warp isn't it well, nuts. Uh, when you know video content is only 40 percent of our business the rest of it is all of these other disciplines that we've added so now we're a full digital agency because of the hard times that we had during covid uh, it's interesting you say that because where i was going with that question was trying to understand if you had some sort of like foresight into I mean, TikTok obviously wasn't around in 2017, but even videos on like, I guess, Instagram were, I mean, I don't know if Instagram TV was around then, but YouTube was really the only video place there, right? But now everyone seems to be pushing some sort of, and I don't mean in, from you in a salesy perspective, I mean, in a kind of a, a marketing perspective, like video seems to be king at the moment. Absolutely. And it, it's funny, it, it has been for years. I ran a digital agency when, uh, before Capital Content, I lived overseas for quite a while. And the last couple of years before I moved back here, uh, I ran a exclusively video content agency. Okay. And we were absolutely at the forefront. We were creating video content right when video was becoming popular. And every all the time people go, oh, next year, 85% of our content is going to be created is video content. Man, video content is put, going harder and harder. You, like, you say TikTok wasn't around five years ago. We, it was called Musical.ly. And it just rebranded to TikTok, right? Yeah. Uh, and now you look at the ephemeral content like uh, uh, Instagram Reels. All of a sudden, uh, IGTV failed a little bit because that was the way that they tried to describe it and, you know, vertical versus horizontal, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. now video content, it, it, every year, everyone's like, video content is so important and we're consuming more and more. Instagram, to, even today at 2022, uh, they're still saying, oh, now we're pushing all of our work, all of our video through Reels. And stories are huge. So it's video content it, it is and I think will always be the lead way of uh, digesting content. Presumably that makes it a lot easier for you to sell into people as well now. Yes. 
Uh, well, I mean, video content was always our core business, and it still is now, you know. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of selling into people, video content's great, right? You know, this digital transformation post-COVID, blah, 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 we're able to now have a co- very quick conversation in, very, in real time. Normally, if I wanted to go and meet somebody and try and sell them video content, I would have to get on an hour's train up to Waterloo, spend yeah. another 45 minutes getting a tube, walk to a, a, a coffee shop, wait for, for 15 minutes, have an hour's meeting over a coffee and then come all the way back. And that's a whole day gone. Now yeah. I have eight meetings in a day because people are okay with having uh, video calls now. The trouble yeah. is I have eight video calls in a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pros and cons, eh? Yeah. Um, I can't, yeah. It's, it's a t- you said a minute ago about you living abroad. And I, I listened to your podcast the other day, so I know you were in New Zealand. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious how that kind of, Came, I'm going a bit off script with my questions here a bit, but hopefully you're okay with that. No, um, no. How, how come you lived there? I It goes to one of your questions, actually, about what did you, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you were younger? Sorry. I'll tell you what, that's a good segue. That's a great segue then. Let me uh, let me jump into question number two, Gary. <laughs> when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grow up? It's great. It's actually question number two as well. Brilliant. Well, so when I was a kid, I don't think I really thought about it, right? But what I did was when I was like mid-20s, I had this like work-based epiphany, right? Up until my mid-20s, I was a bit of a scrape, right? I worked as a removal man. I worked in a factory. I was a real estate agent. I was kicking about, right? And I was was nothing about not doing anything. Uh, And then I started to work for Vodafone UK right okay and that was in the city so i was looking after at the time i was looking after accounts like lehman brothers when they're about wpp uh hsbc barclays credit suisse all that kind of stuff and what had happened because in that year i was you know in amongst all these massive global corporates i i kind of had like i said this work-based epiphany where i wanted to be i wanted to you know work uh in a in a global organization i wanted to kind of go overseas fundamentally what i wanted to do was be a leader in a creative organization that was my goal right Right. that was my b-hack my big hairy audacious goal which is this big vodafone phrase right Um, and what i did to to be a leader in a creative organization the reason it was creative was because i was always i felt i was always a creative beforehand you know i played in a band i did graphic design on on a hooky copy of photoshop and stuff uh, and sales was just you know i just did that when i came out of school so what i did was to un- to be a leader in a creative organization i felt like i had to have uh, international business experience uh, and therefore then uh, the first country had to be english speaking just to make it easy for myself yeah. easier should i say so that limited it to new zealand australia and uh, america america's like fort knox you're never going to get in there um, Australia is full of Australians. Uh, so I tried New Zealand. And then three months later, all of a sudden, I was a small business account manager in New Zealand, in Auckland, New Zealand. And like. When, when was this? Sorry. What, when, uh, no, when was it? It was 2007, 2000. Yeah, two, okay. 2007. Yeah. So I was there for 10 years. So, oh, wow. the, yeah. So for like five or six years, I was working for Vodafone and climbed the ladder up to global corporate account manager. And then uh, I went. Oh, sorry. So you went out there with. With yeah, man, they relocated me out there. Oh, yeah, okay. They, they gave me uh, yeah a job and uh, you know three grand's worth of relocation allowance, and that was it. You know, three months later, I was in a flat in Auckland by myself. Uh, first job going to go into you know into Vodafone HQ for New Zealand. So it was a g- really good experience. It's a great country to go to, and I would definitely recommend it for anybody. It's very small. You know, maximum five million people. You know, yep. but they did te- they do test a lot of stuff in, in terms of infrastructure over there because they're such a small population. They can uh, test stuff there without pissing too many people off. You know, so they trialed the new iPhone, for example, or the new te- mobile technology because if it didn't work, it would only annoy a few million people, not the sixty million people that would be in the UK, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so then I went and worked for a ticketing company, and that was that uh, like uh, like Ticketmaster, for example, but a Kiwi okay. version called iTicket, and that was my bridge from sales into marketing. So every role I did, I went from you know tried to step towards this BHAG of being a leader in a creative organization. So then I yeah I was then head of sales and marketing for this ticketing company, and then I moved over to a uh, an agency where I was a sales director, and then moved into the GM role, and I ran an agency there 
for a couple of years and that was exclusively video content and that was where i was a leader of a creative organization that, that i'd hit my BHAG. Uh, and then i got married came back and and start and and brought learned everything everything that i'd learned over those 10 years in terms of global corporate sales and uh, video content creation i brought over with me to the uk uh, and then started capital content in 2017. Wow. <laughs> okay. I know, right? Yeah. That was that's ten years in, in a in a small thirty second rant. <laughs> that's, um, I mean, a lot of us have goals, right? And a lot of us have dreams and things we want to uh, aspire to. But to yeah. sort of stay on that trajectory for ten years—that's a big, big thing. I, yeah, I, I can't imagine many people stick to that. Like, how, how yeah, do you do? Tough. I mean, I did. Uh, yeah, I did my ball. My I did come off the ball a little bit. I'll be honest with you, and I think I could have left or could have progressed through Vodafone quicker. Uh, but it was when I got towards the end of Vodafone after five or six years, which I'd been with them for like twelve all up. I wasn't right. tired from it. I was like, oh man, I could have, I could have made this stage a bit quicker, you know. And yeah. I think, I think as a whole, I could have started a lot earlier. But I don't, I don't tend to have too many regrets. Stuff happens during your life. Or, age versus stage doesn't really matter too much right but when yeah. uh you know i started uh you know whenever it was 23 24 but and up until that i just was kicking cans about right i was i wasn't i was not yeah. doing very much at all but when as soon as i started vodafone that was it but i think that's because they were very much on a, on about career progression and it kind of forced you through it like i said i got a bit tired and then yeah moved into the creative side and that's when it kind of accelerated as well how come you how come you came home or came back to uk got married uh, had honeymoon. Uh, wife was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! I love this place. Let's move back." Is she a Kiwi? Is she? She is a Kiwi as well. Yeah, and right, we had okay. we had a boy about two years ago as well. So I'm in a unique position where I can support England until they lose the rugby, and then I can support <laughs> the All Blacks, right? Um, but yeah, it was it was it was just economy of scale, you know. As an example, uh, you know, when we went when when we came here, my wife was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" Like, there's so many countries I can get to within like 60 minutes on a train. You know, whereas yeah. in NZ, you need to have a three hour flight to go to Sydney, for example, and it's yeah. exactly the same. You do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but even just the economy of scale, there's no eBay, Amazon's very thin on the ground. And, you know, it, even when you want to go buy trousers, you know, when you go buy trousers in NZ, you everything is long. You, you buy everything long and then you go to the tailors to take them up because the population doesn't drive <laughs> the the want to import short, medium and long trousers. So going to the tailor is a very common thing. There's like loads of tailors in the mall. You go there for a quick 30 minute, take your trousers up because they only sell long trousers and you go get them, take them up. It's crazy. So then when you come here, you're like, oh, mate, I've got I can click twice and a packet of white border razors uh, can be in my letterbox in under 24 hours. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely nuts. So that's kind of why we moved back because the world is a lot bigger uh, and better upbringing for the boy and stuff like that. You know, Interesting. But yeah, you, you're kind of one of those guests where your answers are so... Um, Elaborate. Yeah, so, so much not, stuff. Yeah, so much stuff. I'm like, oh, I've got to try and stay focused. Otherwise, it's yeah, like six that, hours. <laughs> my, my staff have trouble with this because I'm like, say, I'm the creative director, right? And all my ideas fly out like like birds out of a cage, and it's their yeah. job to kind of grab these birds and, and put them on the floor. No, I do that as well. It's uh, and then you get you get upset that people aren't interpreting like your sort of beautiful mind madness. That's like yeah, <laughs> coming exactly. out. Why, why are you picking up on that? What's going on? Yeah. Um. Okay. So. The next question then is around something that not a lot of people know about you. Yeah. So uh, there's loads that a lot of people don't know about me. I'm surprised uh, you I, say that, actually. I thought you, I didn't think you'd say that. I thought you seem very, um, very open. Yeah. Open. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, there's a couple, right? I, I've got diabetes, type 2 diabetes. Uh, okay. I've, I released a single. Uh, I used to play in a band back in the day, really single on iTunes. I sold about 30 and I think my mum bought most of those, right? Uh, so that was a past life. It's still life. on there. Yeah, it's still there. It's still there. But then the, the, I think the one thing that a lot of people won't know uh, or that don't assume is that I've got zero qualifications. I left school at 16 with five GCSEs and that's it. I've got no other formal qualifications. So the sales aspect was all learned on, on the streets, for want of a better phrase. And the yep. market side, again, that just learned on the go, really. And it's, you know, sales and marketing are very similar. Uh, it's just, you know, I'm selling with colors 
Uh, and yeah, that I think the key thing, and uh, whether I should, and uh, you know, I've already, I've already done it now. Whether I should tell people or not is that I have zero qualifications. That was it. I, I left school at sixteen, went and worked in a factory, and now I'm, I run my own agency. Weird. I don't. I, I mean, I've my qualifications are very similar to yours. I got. Do you know what? I've lied about it for so long over so many years. You kind of forget. Yeah, actually, that's right. It's the truth now. Um, but if you count as C as a pass, I got six. Right. Um, I left halfway through my A-levels, didn't get on with it. I went and did a, weirdly did a GMVQ in media. I didn't really get on with that. Like, education for me was not a lot. Like, it just wasn't it's yeah, not it suited was. to everyone, especially yeah. in the in the manner in which a lot of it is constructed. But I think these days, I mean, the education you can give yourself, which you've obviously done, right? Taught yourself on the yeah. job. Um, I mean, how, how did all that stuff come about? I mean, obviously you're good at it so is it a case of just practice or is there research you've done or taught yourself youtube whatever it's more being forced into it right because i think at a point i was like i mentioned i'm a creative you know so that it's always been good and i enjoy it i think that helps Uh, but i think being pushed off a cliff to do stuff like you know you know like a like a mother bird pushes her baby out of the nest to learn to fly i think that's part of it right because it's content 101 which is like a half hour spiel that i do about how to create video content strategy based on a tv network uh are what had happened the way the reason i built that was that someone uh, a a small business a small tech startup uh asked me how do we put together a full uh video content strategy and i was like i have absolutely no idea i'll come back to you uh, and then just out of my head i got forced into trying to write a full strategy for a video content uh, for for video content and out came content 101 and then ever since then everyone's been like oh my god this is the most amazing strategy i've ever heard why haven't we been doing this for years <laughs> and it's like so i've really kind of lent on this content 101 that i wrote uh and yeah since then we've had a lot of success from it you know because it not only does it help upsell uh, but it changes the the way people think about video content to say a lot of people go, I want to make a video. It's like, yeah. okay, cool. Great. Great that you want to make a video, but actually let's take a step back and you say, what do you want to achieve? Cause yeah, it why? might be rather than one, three minute video, you want to make 20, 30 second videos. You know, yeah. that, and, it, and I think, yeah, it's the, from being able to do marketing. Yes. There's ways of uh, learning. Like I had one company and we talk about it in a minute um, about, what what what's your been your biggest lesson? But I, I one company said I want to do a full brand refresh. Mate, I had no idea. I didn't even know what was involved in a brand refresh, and it was a, it was for a pitch. So I watched a forty five minute YouTube video on how to do a full brand refresh, <laughs> turned it into a presentation, pitched and won. I was like, oh my god! I'm all a, if if they actually knew what I did to to win that pitch. Uh, they uh, they would be shocked. But yeah, I think learn like the Richard thing. Branson mantra, isn't it about um just saying yes to everything and working out how to do it That's later. exactly how it is, man. Yeah. But I think sales was always a thing for me. Uh, so I can kind of blag my way through it. Say enough things with enough confidence, people tend to believe you. Yeah. Confidence is key, isn't it? Yeah. I, do you know, I love that. And I, I just, I, there's, you know, you, depending who you ask, you'll find stories about people hating, you know, tech and internet and whatever, but one of the things I love about it the most is what you can learn from it. The resources out there, like, like you said, watching one YouTube video yeah, and you can convert that into something that then, then is real business. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, it comes back to education conversation. I also want to be careful not to get on my soapbox about it, but there's so much other things to learn, like real life things, which you know, you're a good example of that, right? You learn the real things about starting a business, creating a business, getting that, creating that demand, creating that um, evidence of your work, the case studies, everything, which, yeah. you know, you don't always learn that at school. And oh. you know, I'm, I'm sure Oxbow Lakes and all that jazz is really important to some people, but I don't know. I feel like in the real world, there's there's some real world stuff now that you can learn, even yeah. if it's a TikTok, right? A stupid 30 yeah. second TikTok Absolutely. video. Yeah. Um, okay. That's a really, I love that answer. Um, tell me about one of the most pivotal moments in your life. Uh, so this, this is not necessarily not uh, work related, right? So my dad left when I was, this is a good to have this question, right? Because it, 
you know, because it's not all about business, right? It's not all about marketing. This is, no, this not is about, this is about Gary Gumbleton, right? Yep. So my dad left when I was a 14 uh, and I, I never saw him again, right? He ne- never came back. So it was like, you know, how old am I now? 41, a few years, right? Yep. So um, over that time, he left at 14. Over that time, I, I, I hated him. You know, because he left me, my mum. It was just me, my mum, my sister for, for 20 odd years, right? And yeah. it, it made me bitter. It, you know, there was always this anger. I always, and, and I always thought that I was going to be one of these people that never really ha- hated anybody. But I did fundamentally hate him because he destroyed our lives quite, quite heavily. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched this uh, DVD, uh, not DVD, God, that makes me sound old. I watched this documentary <laughs> on Netflix uh, called I Am Not Your Guru by uh tony robbins yeah, tony robbins yeah so i watched that right and uh he did he pulled this thing he pulled this person out of the crowd and it had the same story dad left when he was young hated him and actually what he did was he he, he said look what you need to do is actually thank your dad is to thank him for leaving and making you the person that you are today and it made me think and i was like well actually yeah you know i, I now even before me watching this uh documentary I always said to myself, I will never do that. Obviously, you know, I'm a better person for it. Not to say that I wouldn't have done it before, but it's that you are conscious of being a better dad or being a better person as a whole. And and just by changing my mindset from hating him to thanking him about him leaving and making me the better person that I am really changed my outlook in life. And it, it really became, you know, I started focusing on, you know, positive language as well. So if someone said to me, how are you? Nine times out of ten, everyone will say not bad. Yep. Um, but the word good means the same as not bad. So yep. I automatically started to change my phrasing to say, well, actually, yeah, I'm good. You know, whereas most people say, yeah, I'm not bad. Uh, so it, it gave me a really positive outlook. So that was a big turning point for me was just watching this little business guru, you know, documentary. Uh, and then him saying, you should thank your dad for making you a better person. Now my, my outlook has been way more positive. And even just on a marketing perspective, I, I changed the copywriting strategy to be positive words, you know. I, I That's a, an amazing story. And um, I appreciate you sharing it because I think... Uh... Not a lot of people would, and so firstly, nice one. Um, yeah, the mindset's a powerful thing, isn't it? Like, I, I'm very similar to you. I try to be very conscious of words I use and phrases I use, and, yeah. and my, my reactions. And and I and I do notice if I'm in a bad mood or if I'm, you know, under the weather or particularly a little bit stressed. I have to think harder to do it because it's it's something I'm conscious of, but. Yeah, it's a powerful thing to mind, isn't it? Absolutely. And it, like I said, it just changed my outlook. And just for years, like literally 10, 15, 20 odd years, I hated him. And But then to be, you know, to to change your mindset instantly overnight, it was like, like I said, I had another epiphany. I just always was like, okay, cool. Yeah, sweet. I, I don't, I no longer hate him. I actually yeah. thank him for making me a better person. He make me the person I am today, you know? Yeah. And I guess it goes without saying, right? You know, you've got your own kid now. That yeah. It, it, it. I was saying something the other day about her parenting and you don't appreciate how tough parenting is until you become a parent. Yeah. So I guess like, I mean, obviously not condoning what your dad did in any slight, but I guess it, it all that just changes your viewpoint, right? It's, yeah. Towards the whole situation. And then obviously now you've got your own kid. Yeah, that's right. And, and he's better for it also, right? Yeah. Mate, lovely story. Well, cool. not lovely. But, you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, fundamentally, yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, okay. Next question, because I think I've got a, I've got a different type of answer, right? Okay. I think you will agree as well. I'm hoping anyway. Fingers crossed. Okay. Most valuable lesson you've ever learned? Oh no, that was it, wasn't it? Wasn't that? Oh no, the lesson. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, you're right. This is, so it's not the next. It's the next one. I've written it down wrong. I've even got a little arrow. Super, where I've superpower. It. Yeah. So we'll, the the valuable lesson is okay. So we'll go, we'll go to the valuable lesson. If you mate, if you're on a roll, I'm happy to switch questions around. I can ask you superpower one now. All right, superpower. Let's go for superpower. Okay, right. I believe that everyone has got a superpower of some description. What's yours? My energy, right? And I've had so many people say this. I think you, you, you know, I think you even mentioned it when you saw the presentation on Content One Hundred and One, and even now, yeah. probably people will hear it. And it's funny. My it, this is a superpower for me because superpowers they turn off and on. You know, Superman flies when he wants to fly. Or the guy who shoots lasers out of his eyes he doesn't do it all the time. He shoots it when he wants to do it, right? Yeah. I am an introvert 
masquerading as an extra, <laughs> right? Well, I really no. don't like being in front of, I hate people, right? I hate being in front of crowds and it's very, but I, I masquerade as an extrovert. So my superpower is that I turn on this energy that you can hear coming from the microphone and on stage and stuff. Uh, and, and then I switch it off and go home and cry in the shower. <laughs> Mate, that is so funny. So just before I came on with you, so I'm supposed to be having an episode getting released tomorrow. Right. And it's with a, I don't know if you, you might even know her, you might have seen her knocking around social media, Louise Parker. And I recorded it quite a while ago. So it was coming out tomorrow and I, I wanted to re-listen to it before it went out. Yeah. And I literally, I walked for, went for a sort of a long walk and um, I just got to the bit where she said exactly the same thing. Right. So she's doing a lot of stuff on TikTok. Right. And the questions were a bit different then, but it was something about perception, I think. And, and she said, oh, people think I'm an extrovert because I'm doing this stuff on TikTok and I'm putting myself yeah. out there. And she goes, but actually the exact phrase she used, I'm an introvert pretending to be uh masquerading as an extrovert that's why yeah, i started that's... laughing when you said that it's like literally word for word yeah man that's exactly how it is yeah and to go back to that that this louise parker's comment perception is reality you know yeah. people assume that uh i am this big energy loads of you know loads of ideas flat. but actually as soon as you know i close this lappy after this call uh, that'll be i'll be relatively quiet in the room when i need to when, until that red light comes back on it's you know that's when you get to see the gary show interesting because I, I said the, i said to her i was like i'm a bit like that like i i'm not really an extrovert but you know you sort of try and put yourself out there particularly like trying to do all this stuff but yeah. i guess my question is why why do you do it then like why i mean is it a painful sounds a bit too extreme but yeah it's it, it it's uh you're right it's not painful it is a struggle at points because sometimes you know maybe yeah but I, what i know is that if I can deliver this energy in front of client or in the personal brand, then there's going to be success that comes from it. Yeah. So I do put my fundamental objectives in terms of growing the business or raising awareness on the personal brand uh, in, in front of my own, you know, it's, I've always been one of these people that's like uh, when someone says you got to work outside your comfort zone, it's like, oh, mate, the, some of my best work has been inside the comfort zone. Like, why, yeah. why would I want to bother? But actually thinking about it, m- this energy superpower, this me, ex- uh, you know, uh, an extrovert, masquerading as an extrovert, is me outside of my comfort zone because I'd much rather just be sitting on the couch doing nothing. Uh, I'll have to put on the Gary show to grow the business, right? It's really interesting because, yeah, I'd never have thought you were going to answer that in a million years from from what I've seen and, of you yeah, online. Yeah, reality, right? Yeah. What's, what, what, what are you like sort of, behind closed doors with with your wife and friends and family yeah i mean i go through social anxiety right when you know we had a, a barbecue uh, on saturday just gone and you know in the run-up to that i get a bit stressed and you know i know there's going to be 10 15 odd people there and yeah. they're all, but they're all good friends they've been friends for like 30 years and i'll still plan in my head the you know talking points so i can have a conversation with them just so i'm not kind of stuck there you know just as much as i do with a meeting or with you know you've asked a bunch of questions previously i've written just down a little bit of notes i do that for uh for social gatherings on people that i've known for 30 years so it's just i don't know it's uh yeah I just, it's like I just a safety hate, net right yeah that's right yeah i hate people so <laughs> that's all that's one on one or one on a small group absolutely but loads of people oh mate oh, i could do about it no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, okay. Lessons learned. What's been uh, one of your most valuable? Yeah. So this very black and white, 50% deposit, absolute gold right there. I absolutely need to ask for 50% deposit. Long story short, I actually launched a series of videos not so long ago called True Story. And one of them highlights um, the fact that we did some work with Deloitte and this is what the brand refresh, they, they were launching this new product uh, for transport. They want to do a brand refresh. We won the pitch. Uh, it was like 15 K at the time. It was a massive deal. Uh, and they got, did all this work, got right to the end of the project. And then one of the guys from Deloitte uh, rings me up and says, we're not going to pay the invoice. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> that, you know, that's, that's, that's funny. Cause no, 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 I'm serious. I'm not gonna pay the invoice. I was like, why? What, you know, you've been totally happy. He goes, well, we're just we're trying to save money on the project, so we're not gonna we're not gonna pay the the fifteen k. And I was like, what? How, how? He goes, I was like, what? I'll, I'll just take you to court. He goes, yeah, I thought you said that. He goes, well, uh, if you do take us to court, yeah, you'll probably win, but uh, you'll run out of money way before, yourself before, yeah, they will. before you even win. So 
good luck. And I was like, you're, you know, and I, I, I hung up the phone and I just had this moment. I just kind of like started to well up. I was like, I can't, this, this is a massive global corporate, 15 yeah. grand to a, a micro business that we were at the time. Yeah. And you're just not going to pay the invoice because you're this Goliath. And even if I took you to court, you knew that you would lose, but we would be bankrupt by the time they made the decision. Honestly, I was, I was shocked, right? It'll just go home and cry in the shower. It was just, it was awful. And so I, I, I sent them an email and it was a, a PDF that I'd written, ranted and raved and said, look, you know, uh, I will be going to court if you, you know, unless you sort this out. Then I get a text message saying, uh, all right, we'll pay 50%, like it or lump it. Uh, so I took the 50%. And that was it. I, you know, lost seven and a half K on the job. Uh, again, like I said, it was a massive, massive deal for us. It was huge. Uh, and I was like, well, look, I, I can't be asked. I don't have the mental capacity or the emotional yeah. capacity to kind of go through this, let alone the money as well. This is just before COVID too. This is probably, yeah, October, November, 2019. Uh, so I just had to wear it and that was it and walked away. So the biggest lesson was no matter how much you trust that logo, how much you trust the business, 50% deposit because anyone can screw you over that's um I mean like you know they talk about money in these big companies but like that's not even a rounding error right that's a rounding error of a rounding error that's yeah, it's nothing I mean that's that's an afternoon meeting for the directors it's like yeah it was, wow yeah it's shocking yeah I know I can't believe that, that it happened uh but yeah with, there's it a, sounds like, like it sounds like the guy didn't even feel that bad breaking the news to you that he did not care at all it, it was so, totally flippant yeah maybe we're not gonna pay it like like it wasn't going to break my heart he just did not care at all it's shocking but yeah we did a series of videos on like the true stories it was called true it is called true story and it's all these stories that you see uh behind the scenes all the stuff that goes wrong you know because no one sees that i don't sh you don't share those kind of things really yeah over insta it's the, you know the insta effect is all the positive stuff and so from a business owner or entrepreneur you see you don't see all of these things that go wrong so yeah we we named and shamed deloitte i think i might have even tagged them in the post maybe <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. I don't think they yeah, really care too much about it, Andrew. That that true stories thing. I mean, how did that sort of perform for you? Because I, I I like that. I like that. You know, we're all sort of trying to grow businesses. We're all trying to do this sort of stuff. And actually, you're right. The social media thing is people just love to put the Lamborghinis and the, yeah, the holidays yeah. in Ibiza. Right? They don't put the points when you're still still up at three in the morning trying to get something finished for a client or whatever. So, I mean, what sort of feedback did you get on that series? Yeah, it was huge. So we're only we only kind of well, we've recorded them all, and we're dropping them, you know, once every month or whatever. But the um, the first one, we got so much um, what's the word uh, engagement. It yeah. was huge, right? We I think it was because it was honest and authentic. Yeah, you know, it was. It I don't was doubt that at all. Not really seen before, you know. Yeah. Um, just go back to your fifty percent thing. Has that? it is a good lesson and i think it's one of those lessons you don't learn until it's happened to you and then it's an expensive lesson yeah what have you had any points since you've introduced that where it's cost you business well by introducing the 50 percent deposit as in someone doesn't want to do it um no i mean it, we've been very lucky that that deloitte thing was the only time it someone has ever uh, either paid late or let alone refuse to pay an invoice. We've never had an issue. And I think it, it's just the relationships the, that we start from day one. Okay. Um, the 50% deposit, you know, that people understand or we show we're quite transparent in the way that we do things. So I think they understand the value of the work that goes on before someone gets paid. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've never, apart from that, we've never knock on wood had an issue with invoicing ever since or even before That's that really. But yeah, 50% deposit, it's better for cash flow too, right? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, I don't imagine you're shy of a soapbox from a perception perspective, but maybe in reality, I don't know. Now, now I know what I know. Yeah, about you, you know the tricks. Yeah. What um, what topic is guaranteed to get you on your soapbox? Uh, well, it's funny. I, I had trouble with this one because I don't tend to get on my soapbox. I, I don't tend to argue. You know, definitely not politics. I'm not educated enough in that at all. You know, or, or any any major topic. You know, I'm just. Yeah, I'd rather not. Uh, but yeah. what does frustrate me is the, and I'll bring it back to a market perspective, are the other people that say uh, LinkedIn isn't Facebook, rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, if, if you say to me, uh, this isn't Facebook on LinkedIn, you are, you are already losing, right? You've yeah. already lost because you're right. 
LinkedIn isn't Facebook, it's LinkedIn, but it's about personal brand. Like, yeah, yeah, man, I'll post a picture of my son on LinkedIn because that shows who I am. You don't do business with the logo, you do business with the person behind the logo. You know, people right. from people, people the awful cliche, but it's totally true. So, yeah. you know, putting stuff that you've just got married or whatever it might be, yes, that is a post that historically has only ever been on Facebook. But if you are doing LinkedIn correctly, then those sort of posts should absolutely be. You know, there's, uh, what's his name? Ash. Uh, Ash Jones, Jones from yep. Great Influence, yep. uh, who I absolutely respect 100%. One of his tips was that you need to pick three topics that you can talk about forever, uh, and that's your personal brand on LinkedIn. And my three yep. topics are business ownership, marketing, and diabetes. And that diabetes, it brings the personal side to it, right? That's the, the human side. It's not all about business, and it kind of you know it shows that empathy and emotion that, that people connect with, you know? No, I think there's... I think it's a really important topic because I don't know why people need to necessarily in the first instance even need to voice that it's not Facebook. Like yeah. if it doesn't bother you, just move on. Yeah. Like for some reason, social media in general, not just LinkedIn, I guess, is yeah. People feel so like they need to share their appoint share their um view. Like I don't yeah. give a shit. Like <laughs> but do you, <laughs> don't like you, it. Are you saying on. that you don't post about your job on Facebook? Yeah. If well, yeah, exactly. I bet he's like, oh, mate, you know, I love my job. He's posted that on Facebook. I'm going to say, this is not LinkedIn. I'm going to comment. Yeah, or I just got, I just got, I'm really happy. Just got promoted, been out with the yeah. wife to celebrate. It's mate. not LinkedIn, mate. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah, I think it's strange, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's billions of people on all these social channels. And it's like, well, there's plenty of people you don't have to follow or don't have to listen to. If you're not interested, just whatever. Yeah, let's move on. Funny going, funny going back to Louise Parker. Um, she gets to mention obviously because I just li- just listened to her episode, but right. she was talking about muting and blocking on Twitter. Yeah, and I was saying to her that I'd never done either, and she was like, you know, blocking's she said is like a nuclear option, obviously, but even muting someone is just it's good for the soul, good yeah. for mental health because I, there, there are people I follow on Twitter who. I have muted now as a result of that and actually not seeing that stuff come in my timeline, but obviously not wanting to go nuclear and totally, you know, offend yeah. them, whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'd love a real, I would love a in real life mute. That'd be lovely. <laughs> that's all control for life. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Um, the next question's around advice and I'm sure you've probably had given a lot and received a lot of years but what's what's sort of the best i've kind of introduced this question i mean it's not you know it's not a a new question to podcast whatever but i kind of feel like i always want the audience to take away something from a podcast what's what's the best piece of advice you've ever received uh well you're right there's you know i've taken a lot of advice on board uh i think one of them the main one is i'll kind of write it down yeah you can only guarantee success if you operate in a market that doesn't already exist. Uh, and I posted this out on LinkedIn, so you can only guarantee success if you operate in a market that doesn't already exist. Therefore, there's no competitors. Yeah. You know, it's literally you're the only person creating that product in that market. And that's any, the only way you can guarantee success. And someone said to me, well, someone commented on the, on the post that I put out, and they go, oh, you can just do really, good, do really well uh, and beat your competitors in that industry. It's like, well, no, it doesn't matter whether you're doing really well. I could, you know, drop my pants in terms of pricing and they'll take yep. it, you know? So you can't guarantee success in a market where there's competitors. The only way you can guarantee success is if you operate in a market where there aren't competitors, right? And uh, even it would be total pain in the ass. Yeah. Even then, once you have that element of success, then people start to follow you. Yes. Yeah. Then, but then you all of a sudden, then you're in a market with competitors. Uh, yeah. Therefore, then you can't guarantee that success, right? Because there are there. Yeah. Uh, fair, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. So what the, the what I p- kind of pulled from that was, you know, I need to create products or a business that doesn't have competitors, or or you cannot compare like for like. It's very difficult, obviously, to create a, a market or a business that doesn't have competitors. But or, but kind of like, uh, you know, create that product where people can't compare apples for apples. It has to be apples for pears. You know, to yeah. say that if someone says to me. I want to make a video and they say to this other business, they want to make a video. So, well, actually I can also do your podcast and I can also then give you a strategy around posting over social media. Whereas the other video agency will only ever do video. So I, it's very difficult for them to create uh, a like for like comparison. Uh, I, yeah, I think that that's the, the key thing for me was to, 
make sure people can't compare you to another person and therefore you don't have competitors quite unquite you know do you know what it's, it's solid solid advice and the reason i say it's solid advice is because i watched a video on youtube not three or four days ago yeah and they were talking about becoming an expert in something it's exactly the same analogy as you said he's like he said you can charge you can be a consultant um i can't remember the example it's something like you could be an accountant right and you could charge x amount per yeah your, your fee he said, but you're competing with every other accountant. He said, yep. or you could be an accountant. He says, once you start adding in layers, then you can charge more and the competition goes down. Yeah. And he said, you could be an accountant that specializes in podcasters, for example. Yeah. Yep. And then you become an expert podcast accountancy guy, girl. And you're known for that. But because you've got that specialism, you can also charge more as well. Yeah. And there's less competition. Absolutely, yeah. So you, yeah, and that's it, you know. And then you start to guarantee the success because the competitors aren't, aren't there, you know. So it sounds like from what you said earlier that adding those layers in during COVID, I guess, like you know, a lot yeah. of businesses struggled during that time, and a lot of businesses, I guess, it says a lot. It's a bit unfair, I guess, but different people approached it in different ways, right? And some people, yeah, that's right, thrived when, on it, and some people, yeah, some people, yeah, crashed. And yeah. we we used to have video content creators as competitors before covid and yeah. now though they are they are still operating but we don't have those as as competitors anymore we are yeah. uh you know we're, we're a full digital agency and in fact the size of us you know we there are not many agencies out there that do podcasting video content photography live streaming graphic design yeah. social media management you know uh, so we can we're a full in-house solution kind of thing Weird question, but are you happy with where that, how that's gone? Is that where you were aiming for with the business? Uh, well, it's funny. I that I wasn't. I wasn't going to be a full service agency because I'd only ever really known video, or was only yeah. ever known how to sell video. Uh, so it's like coming out of adversity, we have grown, and this kind of goes on to your next question: like, what what would you see as the future? Yeah, the you know when before COVID, I was like, yeah, man, video content, that's it. We're, we're going to be, you know, we're going to crush it. We're going to grow to hundred people with the video content. Now the future for me is growth as an, a full service agency, you know? And I think yeah. it's funny, live streaming and podcasting is becoming a, a big thing for us now. That's one of our main revenue streams. Whereas the classic video content still always kind of ticks along. Uh, and everybody, we, we create the content and we therefore then put it over the social media platforms as well, which is a nice right. easy ecosystem, you know? Uh, but from a growth perspective, answering number nine on your on your list there, uh, for me the future is growth because we have so many feathers in our bow. Uh, it's very easy for us to kind of keep juggling all of these revenue streams. And I'd love to get to, uh, well, I mean we're at six people now. I'll probably be at seven uh, within the next month or two, and hopefully by the end of next year, I'd like to be at ten. 15 20 plus right okay because the the trajectory that we're going at the moment is is huge uh, and we've never experienced this before because we were just video when we first started then covid where it all completely dropped off and yeah. now it, it's kind of like the it's that snake that feeds itself you know how, how many people are coming to you with tiktok as a primary focus uh, a primary focus not so many we do manage tiktok uh I am on it quite a lot, uh, but it's it's less so the platform. It's more the objective and the type of content, and we'll decide right. which platform it goes over. So, overall content, short form, vertical content, absolutely. That that's the key. That's a big focus for a lot of people right now, especially reels. Yeah. Um, but if TikTok's the platform, then we'll, we'll go for TikTok. But it, it's difficult to get a business because we do a lot of it's B two B, right? It's okay. difficult to get the business to be non-brand safe uh, over tiktok you know you really need to get uh, a business that understands that it's not all about selling your product and yeah. actually you do need to get jump on these trends of getting the md dancing or or, or whatever it is right you, you, you if you if you need if you're trying to be on brand 100 and you're not willing to not do sales videos i don't think tiktok is for you because you do need to you know, jump on these trends and just be a little bit different. You know, the massive example is uh, Duolingo. Uh, yeah. They have like a little mascot. They are not brand safe at all. They're not selling their app at all. And they are absolutely crushing it. Well, it's like, um, I don't know if you saw it on the marketing meetup last, what day we, Monday, last week, the Monzo guy, Richard. Yeah, 
boring content for or no content for boring industries yeah yeah it was really it was really quite a good watch but um funny enough actually just going back to louise parker she's gonna love she keeps getting <laughs> name dropped in this yeah, podcast. Right. Dropped, yeah. she does a lot on tiktok yeah um she does a lot on tiktok and she was saying that the fact that she doesn't talk they don't talk about her agency yeah is a positive but actually they let her get on with it to do the fun yeah, stuff absolutely. and the, the stuff that gets the views yeah um Okay, interesting. Um, I mean, so what? The only reason I ask about TikTok is because everywhere I see, everyone's like, "Oh, you got to jump on the TikTok bandwagon." So you're you're getting people coming to you saying, "We want to do video. You advise us and strategize and best way to do it." And I guess in my head, I was thinking that people come to you go, "Gary, Gary, get us get us on TikTok. Get us like you know going yeah. viral and stuff." They but, do. A lot of people say, "Hey, we, we want to be on TikTok." Okay, I was like, "Well, no. What you want to do is sell more product." Yeah. So let's, let's take a deep breath. Let's think about where we're going to put this content. If TikTok is a platform for you, great. Absolutely, we'll do it. But yep. everybody says to me, everybody comes to me, I want to make a video. It's like, no, you don't want to make a video. You want to sell more product or you want to raise brand awareness. That's what you yeah. fundamentally want to do. We'll decide, well, if you let us, we'll make a video. Absolutely. You know, clients are always right. If they want to spend money on a video, totally fine. Yeah. Uh, but you might, you know, video might not be the way. You know, podcasting might be the way or photography might be the way. Or, you know, 15 second, you know, as an example, right? Someone, one person said to me, oh, I want to, um, I want to do a live show. I want to do a one hour live show. Um, I was like, okay, cool. Pause, take a breath. Let's take a step back. What do you actually want to do? And what they yeah. wanted to do was uh, uh, increase brand awareness to help incoming leads and show them, show these guys as thought leaders in the industry. So okay. I was like, okay, cool. And this is, this is probably a good tip for any, uh, you know, newbie podcasters is I was like, instead of doing one, one hour live show, why don't you write down a list of your top 10 targets that you want to get in front of? Uh, normally what you would do is you'd ring them up and say, Hey, Mr. Property. you want to buy my product i had this exact conversation with my wife last yeah and they'll and you, they'll put the phone down right because there's always a small window when they actually want to buy your product so yeah. what you do is you write down your top 10 list uh, and you, you ring them up and say hey do you want to be on my podcast and they will bite your arm up right so then yeah. at that point you are having a very solid conversation there and then for a solid hour about the industry right you're building yeah. a relationship there and then and then you start to keep that relationship up over a number of months and then they start people will start to buy or you know at least supply a vendor right uh so now what we're doing is we're doing 10 episode half hour podcasts of all of the people they want to get in front of and that is not just necessarily content creation but that is yeah. also starting a relationship and a good sales conversation as well. And then you have this half hour podcast. It's like, then you need to do that whole, you know, we call it the content cascade, but it's off the back of Gary V's strategy, where if you've got a half hour app, you can create 10 little, you know, 30 second clips or, yeah. you know, um, export it uh, as a, a video podcast or transcribe it. And there's your blog. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's not, they, they went from making one video to making 10 podcast episodes and then the content cascade after that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like I said, it's, we, I was having this exact conversation because yeah. one of my businesses is going down a bit of a different route. And I was saying to my, my missus, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start another podcast. And she's like, as if you're not doing enough. I was like, yeah, but and I said that exact analogy you said. I said, if I ring yeah. these people up to try and get them on a cold call sales email, yeah, man. Uh, sorry, sales call, they're just like busy, whatever. Yeah. Because if you ring them up and go, look, you're an expert in this field. I want to pick your brains. Yeah. Let's do it live. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's, yeah, um, man. And it's like, it doesn't matter if you haven't got any listeners because no, your objective it, it about doesn't matter at all. that person. Yeah. Yeah. And the irony is, is once you do get a few listeners and say, if you pick, like to your example, you pick 10 people in a certain niche, right? I don't know. Say zookeepers. Say you're trying to sell yeah. to zookeepers. Then other zookeepers follow other zookeepers. So then all yeah, of a sudden you're like, oh, I want to be on the zookeeping podcast. A lot of people should be doing it now. Yeah. So how does that work from... um from an agency side i mean i'm obviously doing gonna do it from a per, you know i'm doing everything myself with a few contractors yeah. and whatever so how does that work from an agency side do you do you do the research for them do you arrange stuff for them do you script it for them do you produce whatever uh, no it's funny i uh, very much wing it right so okay. as an example i i have a podcast called the content barn and i had a guy uh nick who was the market manager for ended i listened to that um at the weekend yeah so that was about sports marketing and although yep. i'm not going to try and you know although i'll keep a relationship with him 
uh, what and he he might listen to this one he may not uh, but what it does is that if the all blacks or any teams from nz come over here and he needs a team he needs content created and he doesn't want to send the videographer with the team i'll be top of mind yeah and not to say that I, you know i've stitched him over because the content that we created was really good and he got to share over his platform but it's built a relationship now and i'll be top of more top of mind when he sends the all blacks to northern hemisphere when they're going through yep. through the series over the winter here so i think uh and really it's just have a conversation you know everyone likes to talk about their industry um and you know it was just a half hour on what makes sports marketing different from marketing professional services for example yeah, and do you know what? I, I had this conversation with a, a former guest as well about how, do you know who Danny Miranda is? No. So he's a podcaster and he, I mean, he's got some pretty big names on his thing. He's a young lad or youngish. I guess everyone's young to us, right? And um, yeah. But he was saying about podcasts being a, um, a life hack and and he's right because I, I'm now speaking to you, right? So if me and yeah. you had met, in a networking event or whatever, we'd have had a quick two-minute chat. Oh, all yeah. right, I'm Chris. It's a business card, and that's it. Yeah, like, what do you do? Oh, I did it. And you go away, and you probably wouldn't think about each other, you know, like, as soon as you get home, and you wouldn't even yeah. think about it. Which is fine, but it's like, there's no good, it's a waste of everyone's time, to a certain degree, right? Whereas you sit down now, and we've been chatting for nearly an hour. Yeah. And you feel like you get to know someone. Yeah. And actually you feel like you get to know stuff about them and 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 someone asked me about what I was trying to get out of this podcast and part of it for me was actually I do as much as the introverted stuff kicks in and I don't really like people a bit like yourself like yeah I do like chatting to some people who interest me and I do like chatting to some people who I can learn stuff from and and you know podcasts are amazing for that they really yeah. are yeah it breaks down barriers and I said it's also a great sales tactic too yeah, indeed. Um, okay, right. Last question then. I'm conscious of your time. Um, so I, I've kind of pinched this from another podcast about uh, getting someone, the former guest, to ask the yeah. guest a question, which is you. It's, um, <laughs> I'll warn you now, it's a deep one. You sent it to me this morning. Okay, oh, cool. The hell? Right. Who do you need to become to have the thing that you want most? Say that again. Yeah, I thought you could ask that. Who do you need to become to have the thing you want the most? It's funny. That I, I don't think it's who you need, who I need to become. I think it's what things I need to adhere to. You know, there, there was a thing that I saw the other day. I think it was Dan Knowlton from Knowlton Agency, whatever they're called. I, see, I follow uh, him on TikTok, actually. Yeah. yeah, and he said there was a thing. He goes... Uh, what's the best way of getting a pay rise? And he goes, the best way of getting a pay rise is to reduce your expenditure. And yeah. I was like, man, that is that. I opened my eyes. I was like, yeah, absolutely. But then I think his business partner, probably his brother, who also sits on the podcast, he said he's not into flashy cars or anything like that. So yeah, don't you know, don't get yourself a flashy car if you if you want a pay rise. So well, I actually do enjoy having a nice car. I've always yeah. had really shitty cars and I recently got myself a nice car, but I've treated that as my pay rise. So, you know, money is a big objective <clears throat> because I want to provide for my family and give them the best thing. So yeah. it's not necessarily that I need to change myself. It's actually, there are some things that I need to put in place. And one of them is being able to handle larger groups or, you know, larger crowds or actually do start trying to ring up and get into more public speaking you know, or be amongst larger people, uh, larger groups of people. Uh, but then also prioritizing where you put that money or you put that effort. You know, like I said, if uh, if I want more money, it's not necessarily about trying to get more money. It's about spending less money or spending money in the right places, you know. So I think I'd like to be more strategic. Uh, the kind of person I'd like to be is more strategic in where I invest or put my money uh, because you don't necessarily need to earn more money to make more money, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, total set. I mean, has that changed a bit since you became a dad? Uh, it has, uh, but I also spend a lot of money on Stella as well, right? So <laughs> it's the peaks and drops. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, man, I'll get him every educational toy under the sun. And then I'm like, oh, man, I just want to drink 20 Stellas. Uh, so you just have to have a, have to have a happy balance. Yeah. Indeed. You said something just quickly then. You said about... Um speaking more in real life and at the beginning of our chat 
I can't remember if it was while we were having our little tech issues or what after we recorded. I'd have to go back and yeah. check. But you said about um, the marketing meetup and Joe Glover, and yeah. you said you were doing events, live events up and down the country. I think you said yeah. 16. Yeah. So the, the, the fact that you're not doing them now, is that because obviously pandemic related and there's less about, or is that because you've not really sort of put yourself uh, in a yeah, position? I've not, I've not focused on it and, and I, I should do. We, what we've realized before I focus on my personal brand over the past year, prior to that, the leads generated from my public speaking were 80% of the business, 80% of the revenue. Okay. Uh, uh, and I think it's because of the energy and the type of talk that I was doing. I won clients from doing talks on other people's stages. Uh, and it, that was 80% of our revenue that had dropped off a little bit because of COVID. And now what we're doing is we're putting on our own events so we don't have to try too hard to try and get on other people's stages. But also I focused on my personal brand quite unquote over the past 12 months and 8% of our incoming leads come through my personal brand via LinkedIn. Uh, so I think the reason I don't talk on other people's stages at the moment is because it dropped, the focus dropped off and we're now starting to do our own events or we're planning our own events moving forward because we're, we've moved office, we've got a bigger studio, we've got a bigger setup and it's easy for right. us to do it now we have the infrastructure. Where are you based? We're in Chobham. Sorry, that's a lie. What am I going on about? We're in Cobham uh, in Surrey. Okay. Uh, and we, so we're right across from the train station, but we, before we were in a weird shaped two office uh, scenario over in Weybridge. Now we're in a big 1400 square feet uh, office with loads of different rooms and the ability to live stream from our studio from this, in particular, this room here, if you saw, uh, we've got kind of like, well, fancy AstroTurf on the wall, big 70 inch screen, and we can do full live stream shows, quite pro tech, uh, right from what we call the garden room, which is what I'm in at the moment. Oh, nice. Um, I'm just going to ask you one last question because I'm being selfish, but I'm trying to be conscious of your time. Yeah. You, you've mentioned personal brand a lot in yeah. in our conversation. And I'm not going to, this question's not going to be about the pros, cons of personal brand. Cause I, th I think that they're kind of obvious, whatever anyone says about it. Yeah. My question's more about um, the strategy you've applied to it or what you've, where you've learned to do what you do or yeah. research you've done or like resources that are valuable for someone who wants to do that? Yeah. I, I think the first step is consistency. So it's not necessarily got to post every day. Yeah. Uh, it's about if you are going to post every day, post every day. Uh, but if you can't, you know, the, the, the key thing is being able to post that you, the a frequency that you can handle. So if it is yeah. only once a week, then do do it once a week, every week, same time, same day kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am in a unique position where I am me both in and out of work. Um, okay. Other people, you know, might be in jobs where they're very different when they're at work versus where they are, are at home. Yeah. But because I am me and I also run a creative agency, I'm in a unique position where I can be my authentic self all of the time. And therefore that's what comes out on LinkedIn. Right. I briefly mentioned about what uh, Ash said from Great Influence around the three topics that you can talk about forever because you do need to talk forever about it. Yeah. <clears throat> but the what I have is what I call the Kickstarters. I've got 50 uh, topics written down uh, that are just Kickstarters to help me think about what I'm going to write. Uh, okay. And it could be, you know, compare and contrast or talk about your tech stack or, you know, a day in life, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so... I have those. I just have a quick glance, pick one, and then that's it. And if, if you've got 50 of them, if you only post once a week, that's a year's worth of content. Yeah. Once a week for the next 50 weeks, right? It's, it's super easy stuff. And it's all about back, batch creation. If you've written a good post uh, this morning, write another five. It won't take you long. And then that's yeah. if you're going to post every day, that's the rest of your week. You know, and just mi uh, mix, do a mixture of text only, text and image, and text, um, text and uh, video. Uh, just to kind of test, you know, and do. It's funny we we in NCA they call it drinking your own piss, uh, but what you mean, what we mean is drinking our own champagne. It's very <laughs> difficult to drink our own, you know, to, to market ourselves as marketers. Yeah, we're usually thinking about other people's stuff, you know. Uh, so you really need to think about you as a business, you as an organization, uh, and what are your values and what is your mission, you know. But once you get those fifty kickstarters. You can just have a quick glance, write something, and also be, you know, call to actions. You know, is, again, it goes back to that being a, a business, market yourself as a business. Yeah. yeah, it's great being all inspirational and telling people how you do your business and all that kind of stuff. But if you're not sending them anywhere, there's no point in you doing it. So I tend to end all of my posts with, if you want to talk about content, sign up my DMs. 
so that one is a call to action on every post that I do. And the yeah. slide to my DMs is that authentic self. You know, it's not like click here to go to my website. It's, yeah, my, yeah. it's me being me slide into my DMs kind of thing, you know, and a, and a peace sign emoji. So it, it's, it's, I think the key things are consistency, not necessarily frequency uh, and uh, authentic, you know, be you uh, because people buy from the people behind the logo, not necessarily yeah. the actual logo itself, you know? Well, what, what, just what, what, what got you into personal brand? Uh, I think I was, it's funny. I have a little bit of ego. I have a lot of ego and I think, you know, I also like to share and you can't, you know, I look back at my memories with the capital M on Facebook and I'm like, man, I was embarrassing. Like, what was I, what, why was I updating that status? Why did I say that? God, look at my post from 10 years ago. I'm like, fucking hell, you're, you're an idiot. Why not? Why? So then now I can post on LinkedIn. I post on LinkedIn every day. I haven't posted on Facebook for like five years. Whereas on LinkedIn, I can post every day, sometimes twice a day. And I feel like it's a good platform for me. And now the reason I focus on it so much is because, like I said, 80% of our incoming leads come through my personal brand. Uh, wow. And people buy from me. You know, they, yeah, yeah. they're sad uh, when Chris, my head of video and Charlie, one of our production assistants turn up and I'm not there. They're like, oh, I thought Gary was coming. It's like, no, 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 you bought me, but I'm sending someone else. <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, that's an agency model bait yeah, and no. switch, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, Gary, I, I, I kind of feel like I could chat to you for hours, um, but I'm going to draw a hard line in it now because otherwise I will just keep peppering you with questions and you'll be like, <laughs> sitting like here one more tall question. Yeah. Uh, you're sitting here at six o'clock and your wife will be like, where bloody are you? Yeah. Um, listen, I, I want to thank you for taking the time out. Uh, I know Mondays are notoriously a bad day and I appreciate it. Um, well, I appreciate you sticking around throughout the tech issues, which no the audience won't have been great. known about, but um like I said to you earlier, like I saw the energy you did have on that marketing meetup put you on my list of sort of definitely want to get him on. So, right. um, and you haven't let me down. It's been, it's been top notch chatting to you and, uh, well, I really enjoyed I'm, it. I'm, and I help, I have hope the listeners around personal brand and, and being honest and authentic and stuff. Yeah. I think you were, where can, um, where can people find you? Where's the best place to hunt you down? Uh, definitely website, capitalcontent.co or the Instagram page forward slash capitalcontent.co. Uh, again, Facebook forward slash capitalcontent.co. Everything is forward slash capitalcontent.co. Uh, or, uh, yeah. And you know, if anybody ever wants to talk about video content or content in general strategy, whatever it might be, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll reply same day. And you're doing TikTok as well. Are you going to drop that one in? I do do TikTok. Uh, I think that's just forward slash Gumbleton. Uh, I'm not that great. I'm trying to be consistent. But we, uh, we're starting next week. We've got a content day next week. So starting next week, we're doing another push. So I tried. You probably saw I tried three TikToks a day for 30 days. Man, yeah. that, that is exhausting. Uh, hard work, isn't it? It is hard work. Uh, but if you do it right, it, it, you'll, you'll see gold. Uh, but yeah, you can catch, catch me on the talk. <laughs> I thought we won. You shouldn't be able to, but yeah, you, you can. Yeah. No, it's been great, Gary. Thank you so much. No worries, man. It's been it's been uh, it's great been great being here. That was Ten Q interview with um Gary Gumbleton. If you made it to the end, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sure you enjoyed it. It's good, wasn't it? Um what a legend that guy is. Feel free to share any thoughts with both me and Gary, anyone really, on all the social channels at Ten Q interview everywhere. Um, I, I thought I'd also take this opportunity to remind you of um, all the amazing guests we've had on. Gary's, I think, episode something like 10 or 11, 12. I've lost count now. But make sure you go back and have a look at some of the others if, you've, if this is your first time here and you've not heard any. So there's some really, truly excellent guests uh, past. And I guess, importantly, make sure you subscribe so you can hear all the future ones too because we've got some good ones lined up. Um, that's all for now. Thank you very much and I shall speak to you all very, very soon.